Since Nikki and I also graduated last year, we wanted to share a few of our experiences that were slightly different from those of our interviewees. For example, Nikki didn't actually move to LA right after graduation. Yeah, that's right. I actually went home for a few months and worked through my dad's company, saving up money in order to make this grand move out to the West Coast. What led you to that decision? Because I know you've been wanting to move to LA for a while. (laughs) Yeah, um, ever since I was 15, the plan was always to become a filmmaker and move out to LA and make these great movies. And it was a really long 10 years of trying to get there. So graduating from grad school was kind of meant to be that great moment before the transition of my life where I was going to finally get to move to where I've always been wanting to move to. And realizing when I was graduating that my bank account couldn't support this beautiful, (laughs) grandiose dream of LA, I realized that I needed to make money and sustain myself. Also, I realized quickly while interning was a really cool idea, it wasn't really going to be the best fit for me because again, I would be needing to take out more student loans in order to be surviving. And I had already racked up a pretty uh, big bill at that point. And so I knew that taking more money out and borrowing more money was not going to be maybe the smartest choice for me. So I begrudgingly went home and worked for, I would say, about four months uh, through my dad's company. It was terrible. I was a complete bitch to my parents basically just living at home and working at like a desk job punching numbers all day trying to save up as much as I could for those few months and what's funny is that at the time while I thought like every moment I'm not in LA I am missing an opportunity to be on set and to be working and to be making connections and while yes that is true There is something that is also as equally important, which is you need to be able to survive. You have to be able to do things like eat and pay rent. And those things are not going to just come easily to you the second you move out west. You need to be able to have some sort of buffer when you come out here. Because if you don't, you're going to find your first three months out here are going to be really hard. And it's not that it's not impossible. It's just going to be really tough and when you're looking at moving far away from somewhere that you've become acquainted to I lived on the east coast my entire life before this it's just gonna make that transition and that period of trying to make a home for yourself that much harder so I saved up honestly about a good six thousand dollars I saved a thousand dollars for the move five thousand for the first three months when I was out here of course I would not have hated having more money who wouldn't but I think that was at least enough for me to be able to come out here pay rent for the first three months and also buy necessities that you need like a bed um and so you're not sleeping on an air mattress for several weeks to a month which I was kind of guilty of doing and also being able to you know, pay for gas, which is also expensive, and food, which is also expensive. So I think that's really important just to keep in mind that maybe while I know you don't want to go home right away, and if you don't have money saved up through your loans or anything like that, like, 
consider an option of going home and taking a breath for a month or two and making some money before you make your move, whether that is New York or LA or Atlanta. Um, it really doesn't hurt to have a buffer, especially when the student loan bills come in and they want your money again. <laughs> it's definitely not a defeat to go home, which I think you learned because I know you were kind of like, uh, it feels like I'm retreating and going backwards, but Absolutely. it kind of set you up to have more fun and success when you got out here, which is cool. Yeah, I would say, you know, LA, a lot of people come out to LA and they don't love it right away. I fortunately enough came out here with such extreme positivity and blinding optimism that it was just going to be impossible for me not to love LA. Um, If if LA had a cheerleader, you would be it. That is true. It's so true. So I came out here ready to just explore and meet people and experience everything. So I really feel and encourage everybody to make sure that they have some sort of budgetary or financial plan coming out here. I know that sounds disgusting. It's like the most adult thing I've said in a few weeks. It's definitely not a creative, fun yeah. thought. <laughs> but <laughs> films films need budgets too, so yeah. we all need budgets. You've got to produce your life in the way that you produce a film. You need that money. You need that dollar dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. So. Well, I guess my experience was a little different because I got an internship before I graduated, so I kind of knew where I was going. I knew I was moving out to LA with you because if you guys didn't know, Nikki is one of my roommates. We have one more who I'm sure will make his way onto this podcast at some point. The three of us had determined that we were moving out here. So you guys found the apartment and I moved to New York for an internship. I made that choice because I had never spent any time in New York and I wanted to try it. I'd already spent some time in Atlanta and knew that although I liked the city quite a bit, It really wasn't a good fit for me for what I wanted to do ultimately. It's kind of meant for people who really want to get experience on set. A lot of the creative roles are still in LA, so I figured that was kind of going to be the place for me, either New York or LA. So I got an internship with Protozoa Pictures, which is Darren Aronofsky's production company, and I went out there to do coverage, runs, and answer phone calls for them. Um, Fortunately, my sister also lived there, so I had housing, which is sometimes the difficulty in New York. And so I spent about three months there before I made the trek over to LA, where I jumped to another internship with Kennedy Marshall Company, which is Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall's personal company, um, where I did some more coverage. For me, moving wasn't as an emotional experience as it was for Nikki. She was very excited about LA, had been basically since we entered film school, and I didn't really have that feeling. Um, My background comes from moving around a lot. Um, My family moved from our kind of childhood home in Chicago to New Mexico. I went to school in Kentucky and then to school in Florida. So for me, life has been pretty transient and I don't really have an emotional attachment to a place. So at this point, cities are exciting to me, but there's not really one that feels like home. So for me, it was kind of a logistical decision of, okay, I know what I want to do. What's the best place to do it? People had told me LA. And so that's kind of how I ended up here. Also, I like Nikki, so I wanted to be with her. I like you too. No, I think you bring up a really good point that it's really all about your mentality and your mindset that you choose. It can You can come out here and you can decide, I'm going to make this my home, or you can come out here and decide, I'm going to make this a stopping point to the next part of my life, and both are totally okay. I think that's valid for, yeah, any city that you go to. It doesn't have to be 
I'm going to stay here for 20 years. It could be, I'm going to try this for a year, which is kind of what I did with New York. It was sort of my last attempt to see if I need to be somewhere else and not in LA. And that wasn't actually the case because like Lucas, I found that New York was a little overwhelming for me personally. I missed the mountains and the sky, which made LA a valid choice. So why did you intern graduating from film school rather than choosing some other uh, path? I chose to intern partially out of fear. I don't like not having things set up before me. I'm very type A. So if I don't have something set up, I feel kind of like I'm going to just fall into the void and not be able to claw my way back out again. So it was partially a, oh, then I have this thing that I can tell people that I'm doing and feel kind of vaguely successful and also know that I'm not going to die and fall out of this industry and never be heard from again. That's very dramatic, but that's what happened. Um, Also, I knew that a lot of times internships led to permanent jobs with assistant roles or something else that would kind of lead me to learn from producers, writers, directors, what have you. Um, And I wanted that opportunity. I wanted to be able to put something new on my resume. Since I'd been in film school for two years, I knew I needed something up to date to kind of show for myself. And that's not to say that that's a necessity. It's just something that I personally felt like I needed to do. I signed up for the one in New York and then moving out to LA, it was kind of a similar thing where I was like, ooh, no one knows me my thing from New York isn't going to easily translate. I knew that my internship from New York would help me in LA, but I knew it wouldn't directly correlate to a hiring situation. And that was because people in New York don't necessarily know people in LA. Some of them do and some of them talk, but it's not a direct symbiotic relationship. So you need to do a little bit of the work. Protozoa acted as kind of a reference for me when I went to Kennedy Marshall and some other opportunities thereafter, but it wasn't going to be the thing that got me hired directly. So I knew I wanted to do another internship to kind of give me some more connections in the field, kind of show me the scope of what the industry feels like out here, and that was really helpful in kind of giving me an inside look into production here, which actually is quite different than New York. How would you say those two vary? Um... New York, like Lucas said, is a smaller market. Um, there's there's not less going on, but it definitely feels like there's less going on, whereas there's a lot more players in LA. So there's a lot more people to talk to and be involved with, but it's more spread out, kind of like the city. It kind mm-hmm. of, in a weird way, the tone of the industry kind of matches the way that the city feels and looks, if that makes sense. So in some ways, LA feels more chill, but it's still very stressful. And New York looks very stressful, but is actually more chill. It's kind of, it's just this weird inverted relationship um, that just you have to kind of get used to. And um, it also depends on the company you're working for. So Protozoa is a smaller, kind of more niche company in that they have a very specific brand But that brand is open because they're producing things and Darren is directing things and there's like a lot of room for them to explore content there. Whereas Kennedy Marshall's brand is very specific. It's been built over a lot of years and they have a very particular look at what they want to make. So it's just kind of depending on where you are, what your company is, and what they want to create. While you were interning with Protozoa Films in New York, did you ever feel like you were missing out by not being in L.A.? I think I worried about that every single day. And it came from a, again, type A sort of neuroses of just not wanting to miss the train. And I think that's partially just being young and not entirely sure how the entire industry works as a whole and not really understanding that you can kind of jump in at any point. You might lose some ground, but we don't have enough ground that's worth losing in a way. So it's okay. It's totally okay. Take some time for yourself. Breathe. Take a minute. Explore. Um... 
an exec at Kennedy Marshall gave me that advice. He's like, go backpack around Europe for a year. Like, you have time. You are young. It's okay. And that was really valuable because he gave me that freedom. So yes, every day in New York, I kind of wondered if I was missing out on some grandiose opportunity, meeting some producer. Since I knew I wasn't staying in New York and I had a very short amount of time there, I didn't quite make the connections that I was hoping to. And I knew that I would be kind of transplanting in a few months. So I was wondering if I was missing memories with my roommates moving into our first house. I was wondering if I was missing opportunities with people I could meet to further my dreams. There were a lot of questions that I kind of circled around in those months, but I'm ultimately glad that I took the time to explore because I now know New York so much better. I got to decompress after film school kind of on my own, which as an introvert was very powerful for me and very um, necessary at that time. It kind of let me find my creativity again, which is something that Jared talked about. So it ended up being good, but I think it's natural to have those worries that you're missing out at first, but also just to remind yourself that Whatever you're missing, it's okay. Your time will come. The thing will line up at the time that you need it. You, on the other hand, did not go the internship route at all. You kind of jumped right into freelancing, which is daunting. How did that go for you? And how is that continuing to go as you're still freelancing? Uh, it's going. <laughs> um, but so I came out here. It was about a f- two days before Thanksgiving. Um, so I really didn't know what to expect. I got really nervous that I was going to be coming out during a time that is pretty chill in terms of like filming out here in LA. A lot of things kind of tend to die down once Christmas comes around because people want to like go and take time with their family and people go on vacations for Christmas and New Year's and all of that. So I got really nervous that I was coming out at like the absolute worst time and I was just going to be sitting on my butt for a month not making any money. And came out here, had a Thanksgiving, and then was just kind of like, now what? Um, I have no shame in saying that when we were graduating and everyone was doing their presentation for Brenda's class, I'm like, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is my master plan. I was like still thinking of thesis and I was deep in the throes of VFX and I honestly could not see beyond the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I was kind of looking at everybody and everyone seemed to have this great plan and I was like, I don't know. I just want to survive and get to LA and just figure it out as I go because I was not quiet to the fact that like I was like I don't know what I'm doing um and it feels like everybody else does uh so I went to our film school therapist Brenda and I sat on the beanbag and I kind of told her my thoughts I was like listen I I would love to be directing commercials and music videos and things like this and it feels like nobody's kind of talking about that like it almost feels like maybe you're selling out by admitting you want to do commercial work um and everyone's talking about their beautiful artistic first feature that they want to produce the year coming out of grad school and I was like I don't think I'm ready for that I definitely want to be making a feature but that's not something that I remotely feel qualified to be doing yet so Basically, she gave me a couple people to get into contact with. I got with FSU in LA, um, and also the amazing contacts through our classmates, which you should not take for granted. Your classmates, you may look at them as like the people that you are competing against in film school, which is a ridiculous 
ridiculous thing to think about. Like, please, please do not be going into film school or be in film school thinking like your classmates are your competition. They're actually like your saving grace and your guardian angels when you come out here. And the first job I got out here was through one of my classmates who had suggested me for a job. So I've been out less than a week and I get a text message from an alum asking me to be a script soup on her upcoming short film. She's like, you know, it's not paid. Everyone's kind of doing it as favors. I just, your name got thrown in the pot. Heard you were great to work with. Would love to have you if you don't mind. I, of course, have nothing planned. So I'm like trying to play it cool, but I'm like, yes, I'm so in. So from that, though, the DP on the short asked me what I would like to do or be interested in. I had mentioned music videos and he was like, oh, I'm shooting a music video tomorrow. Do you want to come and be a camera PA? Immediately from there, I have my first job. Um, From that job, I have met so many people and they have subsequently gotten me jobs that now I've kind of built a little sort of network for myself that has been able to kind of sustain a life of freelancing. Um, Right now I'm doing mostly PA work, which I will admit not for everybody. I think uh, if you are considering freelancing, you need to kind of recognize what it is that you want to specifically be doing and then um, cultivate your jobs around that. Um, It's really easy to take everything. I have done everything from script supervising to second ACing on a unit of a feature to first ADing on specs commercials and a small indie feature uh, back in May. And so you just kind of have to like be willing to figure it out as you go and adapt as you go. Um, If you are thinking about PAing, I ask, consider what you were like when you were BTL. Did you like doing it? If you did not like it, if you don't think you BTL well, maybe consider not doing that. Um, Basically, mainly just because you're literally going to be on the lowest totem pole of set and you need to be able to be willing to do pretty much everything. A PA is essentially the catch-all for production. They get stuck with the lame jobs. Um, But if you liked the ATL side of things and still want to freelance instead of have like that nine to five sort of um, schedule, you can do something like editing. I did freelance editing for the first couple months after I finished my internship with Kennedy Marshall just to kind of keep myself afloat. And I really liked it simply because I got to stay at home and I didn't have to adhere to sets hours. I could kind of make my own. But that being said, you have to have the equipment to do that. You have to have the patience to do that. As most of us know, editing is not a cakewalk. Sometimes you have to Um, kind of adhere to whatever notes that the client needs and you have to be flexible. So for me, I got really lucky in the sense, as all people get lucky, it sounds like, of having an alum reach out to me and through that set experience, I was able to meet a lot of alums that way and sort of build my network slowly through that. Um, What has your network experience been like as far as building that since you came out here with an internship and... I don't believe anyone from FSU was interning there. Yeah, no, actually, I'm not entirely sure how I got my internship with Kennedy Marshall because they told me on my first day that you don't get an internship there unless you're recommended by someone. So I guess I just slipped through the cracks. I just kind (laughs) of snuck my way in there. Um, So uh, there were no FSU connections there. I was, I think, the first one or the first one in a while anyway. And... uh, 
Yeah, the people there were fantastic. So they continue to be kind of my friends and mentors now. The executives were really open in trying to teach us and the assistants were phenomenal. Wherever you go, befriend the assistants of the executives because they're the ones that have the executive ears and they're also the ones who hear about the new jobs coming around. So they had my side and were kind of like telling me people to reach out to and then I just was really aggressive when I moved out here in January with tracking FSU alums down through Facebook, through Merrill, through my roommates, through whoever I could find. I mean, like, can I get coffee with you? Can I buy you coffee? Can I talk to you about what you've done and what your life is like and what you're doing now and what you learned and how you survive? Um, And it wasn't really necessarily to get a job, though a lot of them were really sweet and offered me jobs or let me come on and shadow them. It was more of just a what is your life like? What does this look like? How do I adapt to living in LA in this industry and where do I fit? And after a while, that's when I started to figure out that I kind of wanted to go the assistant route, which is kind of what I'm trying to do now at this point as assistant director or producer. And that's primarily because I want to learn the business side of things. I want that kind of inside look before I have to be in that position to make those decisions because I feel like I'm very unprepared to do that. And so I kind of want to look into that as I'm pursuing directing commercials, music videos, and features, etc. So what were your first three months out here like, coming from New York and going into an L.A. internship? Mm. Um, my My first three months were okay. I think I was going through a lot of, um, sort of homesickness in a weird way because my sister was in New York, but she wasn't here in LA so I'd been around her every day and then suddenly she was gone and I was missing that connection that I had just fostered Um, and on top of that I was commuting an hour and a half to two hours to Santa Monica every other day to go to my internship which was a rough commute but fortunately my internship was wonderful but again that feeling that I wasn't quite doing anything to prove myself and wasn't sure how to connect beyond just being there to read scripts. So my first three months were kind of fraught with this like emotional turmoil, not really sure how to step into the industry completely, but feeling like I had one foot in the door. And then on top of that, I was um, freelance editing. I did a few shadows on some sets and then also just traveling to work broadcast because my background's in broadcast and that tends to pay a little bit better than film sometimes. So I was doing that as well. So my first three months in LA were very chaotic. They're sort of this collage of travel and feelings and confusion. And that's probably true for most people when you move to a new city. It's just like, I don't really know what's happening, but I'm trying to make some semblance of a life. But for you, when you first moved out, you were doing freelancing, but you also kind of added in some other things to the mix to make sure that you were staying up on rent and stuff like that. And I thought that was really creative when you told me what you were doing. So why don't you tell our listeners what you did? So listen, if you're going to come out here and you're considering freelancing as your main path, um, I think it's just important to, again, keep in mind that the jobs are not going to come right away. It's going to take time to cultivate those connections that will lead to jobs and eventually money. Um, so for me, coming out here the first three months, the money I had saved up went fairly quickly. And so I kind of came up with a side hustle, which I think it's important to keep in mind that 
basically everybody out here when they're starting out has some sort of side hustle or some sort of plan to other sources of income that will help sustain them that doesn't mean that they are that thing there's nothing wrong with like working in a restaurant or becoming a driver for uber eats or some sort of secretary for an alternate company that has nothing to do with the film industry because that's like what you need to do to survive so i became (laughs) which i think is just so funny i became a um it person and i basically went around to different buildings downtown with Lane I kind of got I sucked him into it and I was installing uh software into these like lobby displays um and updating systems uh which has nothing to do with film and is completely tedious and um in some ways soul-sucking but it was solid money and it was like necessary in order to pay rent and I did that for about two months like yes I'm freelancing but honestly like that's my source of money and that's how I'm meeting people and networking which as an extrovert is totally fulfilling socially but my main job is what I do when I'm not on set which is writing and cultivating my future projects and my future scripts that I would like to see kind of go somewhere in the future and finding ways to kind of like sneak into the music video industry in the commercial industry. I guess I didn't really think about it that way, but that's a really good point for your mentality if you're doing something on the side, is to look at it as though it's your side job, but your main job is your creative pursuit. But that being said, I think it's important to know that if you get out of school and you've just been in this intense program, it's okay to not make anything for a few months. You can just sit at home and stare at Netflix or a wall or nothing and just be like, I'm not I'm not thinking creatively for a good while. I'm giving myself a siesta. And that's okay and kind of necessary in some cases. But just know that you need to select a time when you're going to kind of pick yourself back up and get to work on some of those personal projects because there's no one that's going to do that for you. And no one's sitting out here waiting for your magnificent screenplay with bated breath. So you've been out for almost a year now. How do you feel? Oh my god, I kill you. <laughs> uh... Fine, but then I get to ask you the same question. Okay, whatever. It's fair. I feel amazed at how much we've done in a year. I really do when I like kind of look at the things we've learned, the just sort of mental calmness that we've achieved in this period of time. I'm really impressed. I'm impressed with the people we've met, um, with some of the projects we've started to make. I don't know. It feels good. It feels obviously like there's always room to grow and places to explore and things to learn. But that being said, what we've done so far is pretty cool. What about you? How do you feel? I feel curious, I guess. It's weird. You bring up a wonderful point of like, we've done so much in this year. And I think I was so afraid coming out of grad school by this infinite possibility that is all of a sudden your life which can kind of come at you from various sides and overwhelm you but I there are times when I miss grad school but overall like I'm loving being out here I'm loving 
finding myself in this world and discovering new things about the industry and other people and myself and it's so exciting to watch not only myself grow but the people that I've spent the last two years of my life grow too and when I watch them achieve great things it's just so fulfilling oddly enough maybe even to myself that it just really is reinvigorating in a lot of ways and when I get kind of bogged down and frustrated at feeling maybe stunted or feeling like maybe I'm not where I want to be or maybe I'm not growing or accelerating as fast as I should I look take a step back and I realize all of the things that I accomplished and how much more that's going to grow within the next year and that is really exciting I had a lot of expectations and positive expectations coming out here, but I feel like you can't really know what it's like to be a year out of grad school until you just are. Do you have any last pieces of advice for our future graduates? I would say feel free to reach out to us if you do have any questions. Um, We can put you in contact with Lucas, Jared, or Shanton as well if you're not sure about something that they said or want more insight onto a certain subject. These are just the things that we wished that someone would have kind of packaged for us when we were looking at graduation because it is daunting and there's a lot to kind of consider. So we hope that it was helpful. 